Welcome to Five Books for Catholics, where an expert selects and explains five outstanding books on some aspect of Catholic life, doctrine, or culture. You don't need to spend tens of thousands a year to get a first-class Catholic education. Reading the right books is much more important and far less costly. And that is what Five Books for Catholics helps you do. Take advantage of the Christmas offer and purchase for yourself or gift, a premium subscription with a 50% discount on the yearly rate at £25 for the first year. With the premium subscription, you have access to the full text and audio of all the interviews and articles, and you will receive the new ones in a weekly newsletter. This offer is available until January the 6th, the Feast of the Epiphany. The link to the offer is in the show notes and on the homepage at www.fivebooksforcatholics.com. Next to the yearly celebration of the Paschal Mystery, the Church holds most sacred the memorial of Christ's birth and early manifestations. This is the purpose of the Christmas season. So says the ceremonial of bishops. So sacred is Christmas that the Church dedicates a period of spiritual preparation for it. As the Universal Norms on the liturgical year and calendar says, Advent has a twofold character, for it is a time of preparation for the solemnities of Christmas, in which the first coming of the Son of God to humanity is remembered, and likewise a time when, in remembrance of this, Minds and hearts are led to look forward to Christ's second coming at the end of time. For these two reasons, Advent is a period of devout and expectant delight. End of the quotation. However, it is easy to get caught up in the external celebration of the feast and its preparation. As a result, we are often distracted from the main point of Advent and Christmas a deepening of our spiritual life and union with the Incarnate Word. Dedicating some time to spiritual reading becomes especially important, therefore, during Advent and Christmas. Here, then, are some books that may help you during these liturgical seasons. First, Jesus of Nazareth, Volume 3, The Infancy Narratives, by Pope Benedict XVI. Second, the Sermons of St. Francis de Sales for Advent and Christmas. Third, the True Meaning of Christmas, The Birth of Jesus and the Origins of the Season by Michael Barber. Fourth, the Nativity Scene by Eduardo de Filippo. And fifth, Illuminating Luke, the Infancy Narrative in Italian Renaissance Painting by Heidi J. Hornick and Michael C. Parsons. In no way is this list meant to be the last word. There are plenty of fine books that are worth reading during Advent and Christmas. So take this list for what it is, a selection of some books that may help you get more out of these liturgical seasons. As with the lists for Lent and Easter, that were published earlier this year, this one gives priority to books that connect the feast with Scripture, the Church Fathers, 
the liturgy, the church's spiritual tradition and sacred art. Moreover, Christmas is a time for song and feasting. Stay posted for lists of recommended Christmas recordings and guides to seasonal gastronomy. The first book is Jesus of Nazareth, Volume 3, The Infancy Narratives by Pope Benedict XVI. The first volume of Pope Benedict XVI's Jesus of Nazareth topped the list of recommended books for Lent. The second volume, the list for Holy Week and Easter. It is appropriate, if only for the sake of consistency, that the third volume, the infancy narratives, top the Christmas list. One motive for including Jesus of Nazareth in this year's seasonal lists was to honour the recently deceased Pope Emeritus. Still, that would not have been reason enough. The main reason for including them was that they guided us through the main gospel passages of the liturgical season. The same is true of Volume 3 of Jesus of Nazareth, the infancy narratives. Chapter 2 is on the Annunciations, the Annunciation of the birth of John the Baptist and that of the birth of Jesus. This chapter is suitable spiritual reading for Advent. Chapter 3 covers the event celebrated on December the 25th. Chapter 4, those commemorated on January the 6th. As in the other volumes of his Jesus of Nazareth trilogy, Benedict XVI aims to explain the Gospel by bringing together traditional and modern exegesis into a new synthesis. He aims to interpret the Gospel in dialogue with exegetes past and present. However, the work is never dry or excessively academic. As Benedict XVI notes, the interpretation of Holy Writ cannot restrict itself to establishing the meaning originally intended by the human author. God is the principal author of Scripture, and he addresses himself to us in our situation. Hence, a complete interpretation of the Scriptures must also explain how the text concerns me, here and now. Mindful of this, Jesus of Nazareth is the exegesis of a true shepherd. As Benedict XVI said, my hope is that this short book, despite its limitations, will be able to help many people on the path toward and alongside Jesus. The second book is the Sermons of St. Francis de Sales for Advent and Christmas. Many hope that one day Benedict XVI will be declared a doctor of the Church. And what more authoritative guide through Advent and Christmas is there than a doctor of the Church? Since Augustine, John Chrysostom, Leo and Bernard are among the doctors who have left some of their magnificent homilies for Advent and Christmas. St. Francis de Sales is another. Tan Book's collection of eight of his homilies for this season makes for excellent Christmas-tide spiritual reading. The first three homilies were given on the last three Sundays of Advent and focus on St. John the Baptist, the precursor who figures so prominently through Advent and invites us to prepare for the Lord's coming. The other five are on Christmas feasts. 
Though a doctor of the church, St. Francis de Sales does not crop up much in textbooks of theology today. Today, he is best known for his introduction to the devout life, a classic of Catholic spirituality. This might lead some to assume that his homilies on Advent and Christmas are simply invitations to imitate the virtues of the child Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and John the Baptist. They do contain this kind of spiritual teaching, but much more besides. Over the course of the homilies, St. Francis explains the fundamental mysteries of the faith, such as the Trinity, the Incarnation, and the Eucharist. He draws on the liturgy, the Church Fathers, and the whole of Scripture. With their depth and sweep, these sermons are a model of substantive preaching. They show why St. Francis de Sales is deservedly a doctor of the Church. The third book is The True Meaning of Christmas, The Birth of Jesus and the Origins of the Season by Michael Barber. In some regards, this book resembles Benedict XVI's The Infancy Narratives. Like it, Michael Barber's The True Meaning of Christmas draws on both traditional and modern exegesis to unpack the Gospel's account of Christ's birth. At the same time, it goes into more detail about how Jesus, with his birth, is fulfilling many of the events, institutions and prophecies from the Old Testament. Although the book is full of scholarship, it is brief, to the point and accessible to the general reader. Nor does it simply refer biblical exegesis. Chapter 11 looks at the historical grounds for the Church's decision to celebrate Christ's Nativity on December the 25th. Chapter 12, on the other hand, presents the history and significance of many of the non-biblical trappings of Christmas, such as Christmas trees and Santa Claus. By explicating the gospel narratives of Christ's birth, the liturgical calendar of Christmas, and other festive traditions, this book helps us rise above the secularising and commercial takeover of the feast and retrieve the true meaning of Christmas. The fourth book is The Nativity Scene by Eduardo de Filippo. The Christmas holidays are also a time for rest and relaxation. Avid readers may be looking forward to a relaxing afternoon by the fireplace with a mug of hot chocolate in one hand and a good book in the other. Ideally, a work of fiction with a Christmas setting. There is not much point in recommending well-known books that you've probably read already such as Dickens' A Christmas Carol or O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi. A relatively unknown work and author makes for a more intriguing and useful recommendation. Take, for example, the nativity scene, Natale in Casa Cupiello, or literally Christmas at the Cupiellos, by the Neapolitan playwright Eduardo De Filippo, who lived from 1900 to 1984. De Filippo was a theatrical jack-of-all-trades. He was an actor, an impresario, director, writer, and is considered one of the most important Italian 20th century playwrights. Though he was nominated for the Nobel Prize for Literature, he is little known among English readers. What Pirandello is to Sicily, 
De Filippo is to Naples. Most of his works, including the Nativity Scene, which was written in 1931, are set in his hometown and use a literary version of the local dialect. This is not an obstacle for non-locals. Rather, it allows De Filippo to give universal human problems a concrete setting. As with most of his plays, the protagonist of the nativity scene is put upon by the rest of the family, suffers misfortune, and yet bears it with dignity. The title of the English translation refers to one of the play's central plot elements. The nativity scene that Luca, the good-natured yet bungling head of the Cupiello family, prepares each year with enthusiasm. With this custom, Luca behaves like a typical Neapolitan. The city is arguably the world capital of Presepi, and making picturesque nativity scenes is a popular local tradition. However, this plot element takes on a deeper meaning. As Kevin Z. Moore puts it in his excellent introduction to the English translation, the play's iconic centre, the Presepe, or crib, symbolises the father's desire for social reconstruction, which can only begin with the primary social unit, the family. The nativity scene is not the only symbolic element in the play. Some of the characters share both the name and characteristics with the figure from the Gospel. Not by chance, Luca is named after the evangelist, who gives most of the details about the nativity. Luca's deadbeat, sceptical son is called Tomasino. His patron saint is the doubting apostle. The nativity scene is not a cosy, sentimental Christmas tale, but a tragic comedy. On the one hand, it is a story of a family troubled by the vices and hard-heartedness of some of its members. On the other hand, it ends on an ambivalent note, leaving it for the reader to decide whether the Christian faith is true or merely a comforting delusion. With these disconcerting features, the work is a salutary reminder of the kind of world in which the Word became flesh and that he came to save. The fifth book is Illuminating Luke, Volume 1, The Infancy Narrative in Italian Renaissance Painting by Heidi J. Hornack and Michael C. Parsons. For the final book, we stay in Italy and its artistic representation of the nativity. Heidi J. Hornick, an art historian, and Michael C. Parsons, a New Testament scholar, are the authors of the three-volume Illuminating Look. As Hornick and Parsons point out in the, in the introduction, many of the greatest works of art depict scenes from scripture, but lose much of their intended context when they are imbued in museums rather than within places and rites of Christian worship. Consequently, the two authors aim to help the reader retrieve much of the Christian meaning of such art. They focus on Renaissance paintings of Luke because this is an area in which the respective fields of specialization converge. The first volume looks at some Italian Renaissance depictions of the nativity narrative. It focuses on four paintings, Leonardo da Vinci's The Annunciation, Jacopo Potormo's 
the visitation. Domenico Ghirlandaio's The Nativity and the Adoration of the Shepherds and Ambrogio Lorenzetti's The Presentation in the Temple. Through its fascinating and instructive commentary, the book not only discloses much of the meaning of these works, but can also prepare us to contemplate more carefully the sacred art with which we pray this Christmas, whether at church, a chapel or home. These then are five books that might help us prepare for Christmas, enter more deeply into the mystery of our Lord's first coming and make ourselves ready for when he comes again in glory. Thank you for listening. To gain full access to our archive, visit fivebooksforcatholics.com and become a premium subscriber. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a top rating on the platform of your choice. That way more people can discover it. You can also support the podcast and help us produce more interviews like this one by making a one-off donation via the link given in the show notes. As little as one dollar, one pound or one Europe can help and will be greatly appreciated. Thank you once again and God bless.